0: Good morning. It's Monday, March 27th. I'm Shamita Basu. This is Apple News Today. On today's show, a Nebraska bill targeting trans minors gets an unusual filibuster, the high cost of elder care, and the unexpected teams heading to the Final Four. But first, let's catch up on several developing stories to start the week. A severe storm system moved through Alabama, Mississippi, and Georgia over the weekend, killing at least 26 people. Most of the destruction was in rural Mississippi, where a powerful tornado ripped through the town of Rolling Fork in one of the most impoverished areas in the country. One survivor, Damian Harris, told The Washington Post he rushed to check on his mom in the storm she was one of dozens of people who died. It looked like, like you was in a, just a maze of just destruction, you know what I'm saying? You hearing people scream for help, holler for help, you know, home ain't home. Coming home to no home, it hit different, you know what I'm saying? President Biden declared a major disaster in Mississippi on Sunday and directed federal aid to be sent to the state. In international news, a big day in Israel as the government debates whether to put a pause on Prime Minister Netanyahu's plan to overhaul the judiciary. This comes after Netanyahu fired his defense minister last night for criticizing the overhaul, which prompted protests. Images show huge crowds blocking streets and bridges and even gathering on a major highway that runs through Tel Aviv. Here's CNN's Elliot Gotkin describing the scene. This is the main highway that goes down through Tel Aviv. And there are fires, several fires have been lit. And there's one in front of me with black acrid smoke kind of billowing into the sky and almost blotting out some of the iconic uh, skyscrapers. As of this morning, more of the country came to a standstill with universities, workers' unions, and hospitals participating in a general strike. Flights were temporarily grounded from Israel's main international airport. And lastly, Silicon Valley Bank reopens today under new ownership. First Citizens Bank is buying big pieces of the tech lender that failed earlier this month and acquiring all of its deposits, loans and branches. This closes one chapter in what's been a dramatic month for U.S. banks, set off by two of the largest bank failures in history, with financial regulators stepping in to pull novel moves and ease fears. Nebraska is one of dozens of states that's considering legislation that limits rights for transgender people. Late last week, the Nebraska legislature voted to advance a bill that would ban gender-affirming health care for transgender minors, with some lawmakers breaking down in tears, pleading with their Republican colleagues to reconsider. Now, several are saying they're going to keep fighting the bill and they're planning to filibuster the rest of the session. For one state senator, it'll be a continuation of a marathon. Senator Michaela Kavanaugh, a Democrat, kept a filibuster going for over three weeks in opposition to this bill. I have nothing, nothing but time, and I am going to use all of it. She spoke to Vogue about what it was like. She says it was exhausting emotionally, physically and mentally. And she says gender-affirming health care for transgender kids is already challenging to access. Making it illegal would be dangerous to trans kids' health. That's an assessment shared by the American Academy of Pediatrics. Another Nebraska lawmaker has joined Kavanaugh's pledge to filibuster. Senator Megan Hunt, also a Democrat, told her colleagues that her 12-year-old is trans. And she said trans kids are just like any other kids in America. They get good grades, they go to school, they do activities in clubs, they have friends, they date, they have dreams and goals, they get married, they have kids, just like everybody else. Hopefully someday they run for the legislature and they can straighten some people out. The lawmaker who introduced this bill said it's to protect young people from undertaking treatments they might regret later as adults, citing research that says adolescents' brains aren't fully developed. There's more rounds of debate ahead, and Republican Governor Jim Pillen has said he will sign the bill into law if it reaches his desk. More than a decade of research shows that gender-affirming care saves lives by reducing depression and thoughts of suicide in trans kids and teens. Recently, results from one of the largest ever surveys of trans adults living in the U.S. were released. It was by the Kaiser Family Foundation and The Washington Post. More than 500 trans people participated. And the takeaway was clear. 78% said living as a different gender than the one they were assigned at birth has made them more satisfied with their lives. As 37-year-old T.C. Caldwell put it, living doesn't hurt anymore. It feels good to just breathe and be myself. And Doug Roper are like a lot of couples their age. They own their house in Virginia. They have savings. He has a pension and Social Security after working as a history teacher for years. She is still working as a public school librarian. She was hoping to retire last year. But like many Americans, her retirement plans are now on hold. A wave of boomers reaching retirement age are finding that they are unprepared for the high cost of specialized care. Doug has Alzheimer's, and he lives full-time at a care facility which costs around $72,000 a year. That's more than Beth's salary. She makes $64,000 annually. She sold their boat and their pickup truck, their daughter sends money every month, and they have a GoFundMe. But Beth told Washington Post reporter Chris Rowland, it's just not enough. She feels betrayed, honestly, that she feels that a social contract has been broken. I mean, they literally, this is like a middle-income family that had made all the right moves, setting themselves up for retirement. And now that's completely shattered because uh, he's in a facility and she can barely afford it. Researchers at Boston College estimate about one in four boomers will find themselves in a uniquely tough position as middle-income earners, They'll need moderate to severe elder care, but they're too poor to pay out of pocket and too wealthy to qualify for federal aid. Roland says the long-term care industry has failed to provide affordable options for middle-class families, and some of that is by design. Where you can make the most money in assisted living these days is by building high-end stuff for wealthy people with very nice You know, fairly lavish facilities with chandeliers and wood paneling and beautiful carpets and, you know, highly polished grand pianos in the common spaces. He says real estate developers and investors are overlooking a huge market of families like the Ropers, who have smaller budgets. Families with this serious financial burden are waiting on lawmakers in Washington to agree on some kind of policy solution. Some advocates argue there should be long-term care insurance programs. But with Congress divided, they're not optimistic that national moves will happen. Beth Roper told Roland she's baffled there's no safety net for families like hers, who worked and saved and paid their taxes, who did, in her words, everything our country asked us to do. People are running out of words to describe this year's NCAA basketball tournaments because they have managed to surprise at every turn. On the men's side, a truly unexpected group of teams will compete in the Final Four next weekend. For the first time since seeding began in the 70s, not a single number one, two, or three seed advanced to the final weekend. Three teams are making their Final Four debuts, Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, and Miami. Florida Atlantic hadn't even won an NCAA tournament game before this March. Their win against Kansas State to get them to the Final Four was, of course, very dramatic. Here is how the call sounded on CBS. The Owls of Florida Atlantic—they are headed to the Final Four. Only UConn, which is the fourth team in contention, has been here before. And there are similarly big surprises in the women's tournament. UConn's dominant women's team will miss the Final Four for the first time since 2007, after they lost on Saturday to Ohio State. One team that has made it is Iowa, who is heading to the Final Four for the first time in three decades, thanks in part to the incredible efforts of Caitlin Clark, who finished with a massive 40-point triple-double on Sunday against Louisville. USA Today calls her a transcendent talent, the superstar women's basketball needs right when the game needs it. You can find more coverage of the tournaments and all the stories we talked about today in the Apple News app. And if you're already listening in the News app right now, stick around. We've got a narrated article coming up next from GQ about Jeremy Strong, one of the stars of Succession, which is now back for its fourth and final season this GQ profile is memorably good. You get a sense of how much intensity Strong brings to his character and how he's thinking about the end of the series. So sit back, enjoy listening to that, and I'll be back with the news tomorrow.